Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I am going to talk about how relationships can be better understood within a format of uh, the marketplace, just like your job or kind of any other thing that you understand is in like who needs this and who can deliver it. People shy away from understanding their love relationships in a more transactional way because of probably romantic movies and porn, if I had to guess. And um, however, even their parent-child relationships, they could see more transactionally and in fact teach their kids that these things are more transactional than their relationship between two adults, which doesn't make any sense. And I will elaborate. But first, I again encourage you to subscribe so that you can get all of the different subscribe subscriber-only episodes and And um, what was the most recent one was about when men just stopped trying to be attractive, the companion piece to the one about when women just stopped trying. And what is the same and different between those two issues, you will only know if you have a paid subscription. So please do that now. And then I will elaborate on what I mean by choosing a partner that needs you. All right. So... When I'm talking about a partner that needs you and understanding the transactional nature of relationships, I'm not saying anything crazy. Like, I am not saying that, um, you know, your partner is uh, only looking for somebody who, for example, has money or who has big boobs or something. I mean, they may be, but like, that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is people have certain things that they really want in a partner because they cannot do these things themselves. And if you understand how this works, I mean, you already understand how it works, but if you allow yourself to understand it because uh, you stop putting up mental blocks against it, then you're going to understand a lot more what's going on wrong and right in your current relationship and in past iterations of your relationship or even in past relationships, no matter what happened to them. So I'm sure that you teach your kids, if you're nice to me, I'm going to be nicer to you. I mean, you should be because I train you to do that with podcasts like stop letting your kids treat you like garbage. Um, But if you don't, then at least you understand what I'm talking about, right? If your kid comes up to you and they're like, bitch, can you drive me to the mall? I mean, I I, I don't think you're taking them, <laughs> you know, but if they come up and they're like, mommy, can you please drive me to the mall? Mom, can you please take me? Thanks so much. Then, you know, you'll get up and take them to the mall for like the fifth time that week because they were so nice. And hopefully if they were to say the first one, you would say, never speak to me like that. And of course, I'm not going to do that because you're being so rude and mean. And why would I want to be nice to somebody who's not nice to me? Right. So 
What happened there is transactional. Your kid may not be feeling particularly nice to you, but if they're smart, they understand that you need to be nice in order to get what you want. They probably love you, but are they thinking right now that their main goal at a visceral level is to be kind to mom? No, probably not. But they understand that to give something, to get something, you got to give something. Now, this is just life, right? I mean, on the job, you would never expect to just be given a paycheck for doing no work. But within romantic relationships, people have a lot of mental blocks that romanticize things beyond what to human human animals can execute and this leads to a lot of expectations that sabotage the reality of relationships and stop two people from even being able to have a relationship because they're so blinded by fairy tale sorts of expectations. So one expectation would be unconditional love. Um, Unconditional love is fine, but unconditional love, even when I act like a total asshole and disregard their needs for years on end. That, I mean, you know, listen, unconditional love, it's not a dichotomous construct that it's either either conditional or unconditional. It's really not. And it's not even for parent-child relationship. There may be things your child could do that would make you not love them. And that's not a nice thought, but Look at people whose kids do really violent things or really violent things to their other kids or to them. You know, there there is a there there is eventually a stop on uh, even unconditional love. And certainly parent child is more unconditional than um, person to person in a romantic relationship. So if there could even be stops there. You know, people that stop liking their kid and even stop loving them. Again, a taboo subject, so nobody ever discusses it. But if you work with anybody whose kids have done some terrible stuff, then, you know, they may share things that would be surprising to people who have not gone through that, right? So how then could it be even more unconditional within a romantic relationship? It really can't be. That's too adult. So people can love their partner on a spectrum of conditional to unconditional. They can be toward unconditional. They really can. But that's only if both people really are trying and love each other and have, um, like, are trying in good faith. It's really, really hard to unconditionally love a spouse that does not act nice to you and does not recognize that you're a person or that you have any needs or that you have any good qualities. And I work with people who are trying to unconditionally love such spouses and it's not healthy. You should not be trying to love somebody unconditionally who is not nice to you um, for extensive amount of time, not having to do with, for example, you know, a, a temporary grieving or depression or something situation. Anyhow, so what does this have to do with the topic at hand? Why don't you try to figure out and do a deep dive on thinking about why your spouse needs you and then actually doing this stuff? (laughs) So that makes sense, right? In any other situation, that would make a lot of sense. How are you going to feel a lot of job security and a lot of self-esteem about how great you are on your job if you feel needed, if you feel essential, if you feel like no, they can't just get some random other person to do your job? This is what I need you to think about vis-a-vis your spouse. So... And sometimes these are not very flattering. So it can, uh, that's why people shy away from it. A, it goes against the fairy tale notion of unconditional love in perpetuity. And B, and of course, porn is fairy tales for men, and romantic comedies and romance novels are fairy tales for women. And real fairy tales are fairy tales for children. And that starts you from a young age thinking this way. But, um, 
what I'm saying is the things that your spouse needs from you were probably there very early on. And I'm actually going to do a podcast next about how the earliest time that you uh, know that you loved your spouse can be very informative about why you may be struggling now. But that's not today. This is today. So today's is about these needs. And what does your spouse need you to do may not be what you like the most. So like a woman might say, what I wish he would need me for is for emotional support. And he would want to call me and tell me, all about his day at work. I would love to be needed in that way. But that man never needed you in that way. He doesn't need to do that. He doesn't have that need. He does not need to call anybody up and talk about his day at work. In fact, he probably finds it extremely stressful, just the idea of it. And so if that is who you're partnered with, you got to think, all right, I want to be needed. Sure, everybody wants to be needed. When people say that they don't want to be needed by a spouse, usually speaks to some avoidant attachment, things that were learned in their early upbringing about lack, um, they, they can't trust people because a caregiver wasn't there for them in a critical moment, so they found it much better uh, to not need anybody, and so they shy away from and are even disgusted by the idea of need in a relationship. So if this is you, this is something to discuss with your therapist, um, but and also to read about attachment, because you're probably avoidant attachment. But if you want to be needed and you understand that need is a good thing within a relationship, you want to be interdependent, not codependent, not we need each other to take a breath, not we need each other to go to the bathroom. We need each other emotionally and physically in a way that uh, this person is very essential to your happiness. Of course they should be. They, you're in a relationship with them. So this new idea of recent decades that you should be um, happy just all by yourself, you know, and your spouse just an add-on. Yeah, the beginning of a relationship. Like when you watch the reality TV, The Bachelor, he'll be like, my life is great. I just really want a woman to share it with. Well, that's cool. You're a single guy. Of course, that makes a lot of sense. Smart. However, if that guy was 10 years into marriage and he's like, my life is pretty good. My wife's a very small part of that, but you know, she's all right too. Then he looks like a lunatic, right? Because you're supposed to, at that point, need your spouse for your happiness. Otherwise, what are you even doing? Not that they're the sole determinant of your day-to-day happiness, certainly not. I obviously have written about this in the post and the the uh, podcast, I think I did one on the post, Stop Caring So Much What Your Wife Thinks. You shouldn't let your daily mood ride on the vicissitudes of where your wife is in her menstrual cycle and whatever else is going on with her. But also, you should need something from your wife. Otherwise, why are you around? You know, why are you together if you don't need each other at all? So it is healthy to need each other. And then you got to do what may be an unflattering, based on how you delude yourself, um, sort of self-inventory about what, you, what your spouse needs you for. So I gave the example of the woman who's like, I want him to need me to tell me all about his deepest feelings. Girl, you are probably going to be shit out of luck if you say this to me in couples counseling. I can get some more feelings out for you. Usually I really can. But if you want him to turn into a man who has a need to tell you these, you married the wrong guy. But did you really? Maybe not. Because what do you need from him and what can he give to you? Like, let's look at the people as they actually are instead of how we wish they could be. So, for example, a need that your spouse may have is she uh, she can't... um, 
do a lot of physical stuff on her own uh, for extensive periods of time the way that you can. I see this constantly, that women, they tend more toward anxiety and depression, they get overwhelmed, they are physically smaller, and they need more sleep. So frequently, now that men are taking over more of housework and childcare, let me tell you that the women come to rely on them in a hurry, particularly um, because people used to rely more on family members and we live in a, in a society where we're very disconnected. So a woman usually doesn't live right near her mother, her sister, and all of these people that used to remember takes a village to raise a child. There's no more village. So there's just really a couple. So in the situation that I see, as I've said, most of my male clients really do uh, half the housework and the childcare, at least as much as they can, given if they're uh, the only one who works outside the house, they obviously do less during the day and make up for it at night um, very often. And the woman comes to need it. She really needs the help. She really deeply needs the help. And she needs the help in with the kid waking up. And she needs the help with bedtime. And she may need help with uh, driving them places if she does. Or she may need help with navigating both of the kids going to the doctor. Whatever the hell she needs help with, that is what she needs. So this may not be the man's favorite thing to be needed for. He'd rather be needed for his sexy body, his sparkling wit, his high IQ, whatever. But she needs him for some pragmatic shit. So why not own it? Why not say my wife needs me to help out? Okay, good. I could be invaluable to her. I could help out awesome. I could do a great job helping out. I'm real good at helping. She needs helping. Voila. I have made her happy in the way that she actually needs. I'm sure she needs more stuff too. For example, she likely may need emotional support. She may need a lot of listening and, oh, that sucks, I'm sorry, oh, sweetheart, type of stuff, which may be not even the man's wheelhouse at all. So he, but he may be like, why would she need me for emotional support? I'm shit at giving emotional support, actually. I don't really even know what that is, come to think of it. But if this is what she needs, why don't you ask what it is or remember a couple of times she's been happy with you and try to do that thing. So if you put in verbal emotional support and physical help with tasks around the house, this is what a lot of women need. So if you can make that your thing and get good at that, and you probably are already, if she married you, remember, because she always kind of needed these same things, you're probably better than you think, or you are when you're motivated and happy, like you were in the honeymoon stage, then she's going to be a lot happier with you overall because you're actually addressing her needs. So uh, this goes in the inverse. So what do I say all the time that most men need is physical affection within an intimate relationship. So if the woman says, well, but if that's his need, I'm not very good at doing that because I don't have a high sex drive. Well, that's just like if he said, well, you know, I'm not very good at talking, so I'm never going to talk again. So you got to actually think about what the person's needs are. And if you are committed to being in a relationship, you got to do that. So if this man's needs are physical affection, then you got to do physical affection if you want to be a good partner. If you don't want to be a good partner, it's no harm, no foul. Like, don't listen to the podcast. Don't worry. So just wait until, I guess, he leaves or something. But if you do want to work on being a good partner, then you would actually address the needs that the person has. So with the pursuer distancer dynamic, frequently the man's needs are for physical affection and space to pursue his interests. And the pursuer, the woman, it's usually the woman in the cases that I see, her um, needs are emotional discussion and practical help 
which she sometimes lies and says it's quality time. <laughs> it may double as quality time, but like taking the kids to the doctor is not really quality time. It's really more pragmatic help with shit. So it would be so much easier for a woman to say, my basic needs in this relationship are for you to listen to me talk with a loving expression and to help me with a lot of shit around the house. They're not really uh, deeper than that. And for the man to say, okay, I'm going to work super hard on that stuff. My needs are once a week, I want to go to uh, poker night and I want to have sex a couple times a week. But people don't say that because it doesn't sound like much of a love story. But you know what else doesn't sound like a love story? Horrible, vicious fighting that people have because they refuse to say these things practically and they insist on having one another read each other's minds and they they also condescend to one another's needs. So that's not good either. So what I'm saying here is figure out what your actual needs are. Figure out what your spouse's needs are. What do you really need each other for? What are your traits and skills that you can give? Like some men truly want uh, to think that their wives do not value their income if the wife has stayed home. Now, I work with many women that are primary breadwinners, so we could say that the man doesn't value your income. And uh, we think that this is that, that you, you, you can't say to a spouse, I really value your income, makes my life a lot easier because it sounds like you're some kind of gold digger. Nobody that's raising children together is any kind of a gold digger if you're living together. This is hard enough, you know, to do that nobody is, like a gold digger would be somebody who is like, your husband makes a lot of money, he gets himself a nice girlfriend and then he takes her, you know, to parties and he takes her on trips and he buys her jewelry. Cool, maybe she would be a gold digger, but you know who's not a gold digger? The woman who's married to him raising his fucking children because that is a chore and it's hard work and that is not a cute way to be a gold digger. What are you really getting? I mean, I guess there's situations where the man also gets a nanny per child and she goes jet-setting around Europe and partying. I don't know those situations. What I know is that even if a man has a high income, doesn't matter, the woman is still busting her ass if she's a stay-at-home parent. And this is no... Um, no thing to say is shallow. However, she can also say, it makes my life easier that you make this income. And he can also say, it makes my life easier that you're home with the kids and I never have to worry about it. So in this situation, which is, by the way, a lot more common with the more politically conservative couples that I work with for this to be stated. And everybody's a lot happier, quite honestly, when it's stated. So the woman will say, I feel blessed that my husband can... Um, you know, provide for our family and that I could stay home with the kids. And he'll say, I couldn't do any of my job, any of the travel, any of the hours, nothing if I didn't know that she was holding down the fort at home. And I work with uh, military families earlier in my career. And this sort of dynamic with the dual gratitude and appreciation was extremely helpful in ensuring closeness and that both people felt their needs were getting met. The man's need for appreciation and the woman's need for appreciation, but just about different things. And in couples that I work with where it's um, the income becomes a much bigger uh, kind of uh, sensitive topic and nobody's really allowed to say that one makes more money than the other because it indicates a differential philosophy about how money and the value of work 
those people don't seem as happy because nobody's being appreciated. You know, like it, it's just kind of um, if one person's at home and one person is at work, it's a lot better when they each say, I couldn't do it without you. I couldn't do it without your income. I couldn't do it without you navigating the stuff at home. So that's just something maybe to discuss with your partner if you're in that kind of situation where there is one person who works outside the home and one person who, who is a stay-at-home parent that each may need to be a little bit more appreciative toward the other if uh, that is each of their secret wishes is to feel more overtly appreciated in that domain. And there are other traits, by the way, um, that may feel even better and good and coherent with your self-esteem um, or or not, but you know, like for example, being attractive. Like if a woman is very attractive, I've done the podcast and the post, men need to think their wife is really attractive for things to work. So if a man's need is to have a hot wife, sometimes the woman doesn't like this because she thinks what'll happen in the future. As I have said over and over, they still think you're hot. Like unless, you know, I don't even know why, unless you turn into a different person, like a Twilight Zone episode. But usually you're just an older version of the same hot person. He still thinks you're hot. He's older, you're older, controls for itself, cancels out, and he still thinks you're hot. So some men have the need, most men have the need to be with a woman that they consider very attractive. So this should be something stated. This is one that is just may not appeal to you. You may feel like it's um, shallow, but you could also think of it as very flattering. Or um, either partner may have the need to be with somebody very social. You know, that is uh, either they are social and they need a partner in crime or they're very introverted and they need somebody who's going to host play dates so that the kids don't turn out to be hermits and weirdos, right? That don't interact with humans. So either way, that could be one. Or somebody who uh, maintains connection with their family. So many men, the woman is the one who talks to their mother for them and they're very gra grateful for that. Listen, whatever it is that you need your spouse to do for you, if they're doing it, tell them that you're grateful. Write out some things that they do that you need in a text message and tell them, I'm very grateful that you fulfill these needs of mine. And then if there are other basic core needs that you have that aren't getting met, not a million, but like one or two, then bring those up at a different time, right? And say, I've realized that I have this core need. I'm always bitching at you for a million different reasons because basically I've realized I'm very frustrated on a deep level about not getting this core need met. And by the way, couples counseling can really help clarify these. All right, so I hope that this helped you understand about a little bit more what I think about needs and interdependence. We touched on attachment briefly, and I hope everybody has a great day. Please subscribe.